SAFM, leading the conversation. Nothing conventional on the viewpoint. On SAFM. The pandemic has changed the way we engage everyday life. For countries such as Mali and South Korea, it meant holding national elections in unprecedented times. With South Africa holding then its next election next year, that being the local government, we need to possibly consider the possibility of holding digital elections. Are we ready for IR, South Africa, income inequality, disparate experiences for a country that is development in kind, which has all the hallmarks of a third world country and a first world country in one? Mr. Teritzlani, on the question of voting and its feasibility for South Africa next year and beyond, the question is, can we do it? Mkhegaz, good evening. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, good evening to you and to your listeners. Well, can we do it? Do we have the infrastructure? Do we have the faith in going online, given that a lot of things in this country are still manual because of the user experience and that affinity with it? Very reluctant to migrate with the times. Can South Africa go as far as voting online? I think uh, there are three main factors that should be taken into consideration in uh, dealing with this question. Firstly, it is uh, the proliferation of uh, uh, smartphones uh, throughout uh, our country. And secondly, the rollout of the 5G technology uh, in our country. Uh, but the third one is the one that has been imposed on us uh, by uh, COVID-19. Mm. Uh, I think all these factors are beginning to say to us, we cannot continue to operate in the same old way. Uh, we've got to find mechanism to be able to deal with a new situation. And the, re- the new reality is that um, it is not going to be possible now Uh, as it is happening in many other countries, for people to be gathering in great numbers. Uh, We've got to try, therefore, to find solutions so that we do not defer uh, democratic processes. Let's talk about South Africa now. For instance, I'm going to come back to these three points. How SASA, for instance, manages the payment of social grants? how certain government departments will tell their employees that there was a technical glitch, your salaries will be in 24 hours later even. Do we have the capabilities and the track record to reconcile with those capabilities of doing something as big and as fundamental to our democracy as running a national election online when even now there's a struggle for competent voter education in relation to how to engage oneself and the IEC for the purposes of a local government or a national election. Does this not pose a greater threat than the potential solution it might offer to the challenge we are faced? Not at all. I mean, we can't use mediocrity as a standard. If there are difficulties and challenges in relation to a distribution of social grants, um, that can be used as a basis uh, to try to deal with uh, democratic processes. Uh, let, us, let us juxtapose what you are saying mm-hmm. uh, with, this, with what is happening in the banking sector. There are banks everywhere, including in the rural areas. 
And all these banks are using technology. And the fact that there have been attempts to hack the banks has not actually discouraged us from depositing our money with the banks. What is more significant uh, than having to deposit our money, our future, uh, with a bank, uh, than having to uh, do the same thing with our democratic processes? Well, (laughs) first of all, a bank will pay me back the money that it loses if it can be proven that their systems were faulty. Two... We also don't have too many options outside using a bank account because just about every transaction requires or every employer requires or everything with big money requires a bank account for the sake of trail. I'm saying now, and also, first of all, the banks are the private sector. So whatever happens there is quite different to the lived experience in the public engagement. And I'm saying the state, its infrastructure, its resources, its personnel, its policies put together have given us serious challenges. There's nothing outside running the election itself bigger than SASA and the payment of grants. The money is known up front. The date is known up front. The beneficiary is known up front. It has been a struggle. The Constitutional Court has struggled even to get SASA to do what its mandate requires of them. Why should we believe the state is capable on delivering on that, given the lived experience of nearly 20 million South Africans Every month when it comes to paying off their grants, especially now during times of COVID. I'm using SASA even though it's not an IEC, but when you talk about engaging with the state, state infrastructure, state online infrastructure, even the reluctance of the state to just codify its information online, are are, are we not moving a bit too ahead of ourselves? That's my question. (laughs) No, 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 no. Uh, I I hear you, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, Uh, I find it difficult uh, to understand why, uh, when it comes to uh, electoral processes and democracy, we should actually be uh, comparing uh, that with mediocrity that is happening within SASA. Uh, SASA is not a standard, and there was never a standard when IC was establishing its own processes. Point taken. And then therefore, no, no, uh, SASA has had its own problems from the beginning. And I... It, it has never even occurred mm. during the time when I was with the IEC uh, that SASA would actually be used as a standard. And I'm saying to you, okay. if we can uh, look into the private sector and how the private sector is managing its processes, then we have a solution. Because we don't have to look at the lowest common denominator in order for us to be able to make a decision as to whether a particular uh, process would actually be relevant or not relevant for our country. And then therefore, uh, it, it is on the basis of that that I'm saying to you, uh, let us look at the best practices mm. and then look at what the banks are doing. And then the banks are everywhere in our country. Uh, the banks, uh, we, we, we have so much faith in our banks. We put money, we get money all the time from the banks, whether it's from the ATM or you go through the bank, but we have never lost faith in those processes. And I'm suggesting to you, therefore, that mm. whatever processes that the election uh, commission is going to put in place, sure. uh, they've got to look at uh, the best practices in the private sector uh, in order to be able to access, uh, uh, in order to make, sh- uh, uh, to make it possible for the majority of people to access um, the democratic 
Yeah, processes. Mm, mm. Well, I'm going to ask you after the break then, because we're fortunate in that you are running in the private space now as IMSA. One, mm-hmm. two, you have been with the IEC for over mm. two decades. I'm going to now ask you, and this is just something for you to think about because we have to take an ad break now. How then, bite-sized chunks, do we move from the current setup in terms of running our elections? Is it feasible? to go online for local government next year or are we talking about national government elections of 2024 or could we start even smaller than that by holding these ward elections or these by-elections that are happening every now and then to test, if you like, the online Mm. system using the IP that is available even in the private sector. You're going to give us a sense as to how now we can make that migration. Please, Mr. Teritzelani, after the break. Viewpoint on SAFM with Songe Zomapeke. Monday to Thursday, 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. We are back on air, Mr. Terit Zalani, Executive Chairperson of the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa, IMSA, that is, talking to us about how we can go digital voting in not just times of COVID, but as just the general trajectory of where technology and the times are taking this country. He responds now as to how South Africa conceivably could achieve that. Dr. Terry? Yes, um there are a few uh, steps that uh, have got to be taken. Uh, one is that we've got to take a leaf from what of the experience of uh, the Republic of South Korea. Uh, they've just had their elections during the COVID, and um, it was a very successful election. So what they had to do, they had to uh, co- coordinate their processes um, with health officials to make sure that... Uh, uh, all health, rather all uh, uh, people who are coming to vote uh, had uh, their uh, face mask on, they were sanitized, the voting stations were sanitized, uh, all electoral officials uh, had to wear the PPEs, and it was a successful election. And I'm saying this thing because Uh, there are many people who have been postponing the elections on the basis of COVID. And and I'm saying this thing also because I'm aware that other people would be saying that uh, because technologically we are not at a level where we should actually be uh, migrating uh, to uh, digital voting. So South Korea has provided us with an interim solution to be able to deal with this aspect. But that is an interim solution. In the long run, we've got to move towards uh, digital voting or even remote voting. Uh, So that whoever has got access to a smartphone can be able to participate in the electoral process. And naturally, the by-elections provide us with an opportunity for us to test the efficacy uh, of this approach. And I believe that to a large extent in the South African context, mm. we've got the capacity. Uh, in any case, uh, the results of the elections are transmitted electronically from the municipal offices. So clearly, the only aspect that is still missing, it is just the interface 
uh, of a voter with an electronic machine. Mm. And that, in my opinion, is doable. How? Because you, you, you have mentioned smartphones. A lot of South Africans, I don't know if they're in the majority or the minority, but it's a significant amount still, do not have access to those smartphones. Even if they do have access to those smartphones, connectivity then becomes a challenge, especially in times of 4G, when really the global demand becomes 5G. And still, voter education as to the importance of the election, how to engage oneself in an election, and because you are dealing with an inanimate thing, a smartphone, because you will now not be there as an, as an IMSA official, or in the case of a, a public election, an IEC official, you will be absent at that point. How then do I sufficiently get onboarded 100% so that by the time I commit to a point of no return, that's an X, it is as informed a decision and is as credible a commitment as possible? Every decision related to the elections mm. requires a person to have knowledge uh, about the electoral processes. Uh, so uh, a person who is going to be voting, whether manually mm. or electronically, uh, still needs information about the basics of voting. So the voter education processes that are currently happening would have to be geared towards having to ensure uh, that people can actually be able to use electronic mechanism uh, to participate in the electoral process. And in fact, ele electronic mechanisms are much more easier than the current manual mm. systems that we are, uh, that we, we, we are using. Mm. But there is an issue that is very valid that you are raising about access uh, to uh, electronic mechanism and data uh, particularly in the far-flung areas, uh, especially in the rural areas. Now, I'm suggesting that, of course, infrastructure has got to be built in those areas in order to make sure that people have got access uh, to data and have got access to the electoral processes. You cannot disadvantage people uh, from the rural areas on the basis that they don't have access uh, to um, to data uh, and therefore are not able to participate in the electoral processes. Mm. So that has got to be dealt with. Uh, but in the interim, you could, have, you could have a dual system where those who have got access uh, to technology are able to use technology and a tiny minority are still able to have access to the electoral processes uh, using the manual system. Mm. Until such time that the infrastructure has rolled out, and as you know, currently there is a debate now. Uh, in fact, it's no longer a debate. It's a reality of uh, now rolling out 5G uh, technology. And 5G technology is going to make it easier for mm. people mm. to mm. access uh, data, access the information, access, and then be able to send information with speed, uh, to the areas that they want to send information to. So uh, we we are grateful that uh, we are one country uh, that has actually embraced 5G technology already. And then this 5G technology is going to make things much more so. simpler for people to participate in the digital um, electoral processes. Systemically speaking. Do you think South Africa as a society or the society that you know South Africa to be 
would readily accept the dual approach to elections. In other words, those who can go online do so. Those, for whatever reason, cannot go online, go the traditional route. I would have thought it's an all-or-nothing approach. You seem to suggest in your previous answer that you could make allowance for both in one. Yeah, you can do uh, both. Uh, you can do. Is South uh, Africa both. ready for that? Do we have the trust in that approach? We've got to take uh, every person through uh, the process. They've got to be able to understand how the process is going to be operating, and people have got to be able to have an assurance that there's not going to be any interference with the process and that whatever they're going to be uh, uh, doing is really going to be mm. a true reflection um, of what they have actually uh, chosen or what they voted for. Uh, so it is not something that is just going to come on its own. It is something that is going to be cultivated. We've got to go all out there through vote education programs to be able to indicate uh, the differences uh, between both the manual and electronic systems and how it is going to be operating and that this is just an interim arrangement. And we've got to be able to also assure people mm. uh, that once you have voted electronically, it is not going to be possible for you to vote manually. You know, so once people are mm. satisfied about these processes, then it is going to be easy for them to accept uh, the credibility of the process. Very well. As always, thank you for being so candid, and thank you for so, thanks so much for your time on The Viewpoint. Thank you so much, Sengerson. Executive Chairperson of IMSA, that is the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa, Mr. Terry Zalana, who made his name at the IEC, running them for over two decades. Twenty-one twenty-nine. it's time for us to take a short break before we go to our book reading.